0: All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another week. I've got this week, Steve, who is a safety guy on sites. And so, you know, I've had I've had a fair, a decent number of run-ins with safety guys on site. But but he's also the guy you might recognize his voice if you listen to uh, me doing the Puck and Flamingo podcast. I don't know how much crossover there is between hockey and this podcast, but uh, he was one of my co-hosts there. And I've known him since, well, I was like, what, in high
1: school? 15, 16? Yeah even before then i mean we were probably before rival goalies for a while and then that's uh, true We became on the same team and you took my spot (laughs) yeah but
0: uh (laughs) so anyway so steve uh you know the floor is yours introduce yourself uh i know that we don't i don't know if you have a a title for your podcast yet but i know that you're gonna be starting one shortly and so yeah i do it's uh it's
1: coming out it's called the the mad ignorant podcast um we're, uh, we're hoping to come out in the next, uh, four to six weeks here. We're just kind of getting interviews, get everything put together, um, all that type of stuff, but yeah, be, uh, be definitely looking out for that. Uh, will be coming out in the next little bit here, but yeah, just going about myself. I'm, uh, I'm a CSO, so that's what Zach was alluding to there. Um, I've been a safety guy for just under a year now. Um, but basically what got me, well, one of the reasons got me into, into safety was, um, my dad had a pretty bad, bad accident um, about eight years ago. Uh, he was bouncing in a club and basically a drunk driver went through the wall and, well, hit him and put him through a wall. And he was on uh, drug induced coma and life support for about 14 days. And then after 14 days, basically your liver and organs start to shut down because you're, um, they just pump you full of, of medication, right, to keep you under. So I took him off and uh, he survived and basically, you know, he's worked his way back. Um, pretty well, but um, one of the biggest things that got me into into safety, like I was saying, was was that incident because you know being in a certain a certain position to help someone, um, is is really rewarding for me, and I I'm I'm not someone that really shies away from from danger or um you know trouble. Since if there's a fire, I'm running into it, so I'm that type of person, um, and that's something that I felt I needed to have. A little bit more knowledge and be able to to have that you know if someone's having a heart attack what do you do right and I think that should be like a basic for me myself is something that I really uh, enjoy doing so uh,
0: that's a wild story I can't imagine kind of watching your dad go through that either it's 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 weird because yeah like your dad like you were alluding to before like he coached us when we were yeah. kids in hockey right that's that's crazy to me well i'm glad that it all worked out and he pulled through It is he is he all right now like is he fully yeah. recovered um, yeah
1: so i mean he was, to have a little backstory on him he's i mean zach knows um he's a big dude strong guy he was a <laughs> canadian national kickboxer kickboxer there uh he did something called the 100 days of pain um which is you get beat for 100 days for an hour if you miss <laughs> a day you gotta restart they bend grab they beat you with bamboo They bent rebar over his um, arm they he took like a a javelin spear with another guy so a double ended spear with like these uh rubber caps on them and yeah. put them into each other's necks and they had to lean together and snap it and it actually oh. uh, went through the rubber and actually poked my dad in the throat and punctured his his throat and had it there so i mean uh he he's a pretty tough dude um and he just i think he's back to benching like 350 or something like that so <laughs> um he could barely walk but the guy's a the guy's a maniac he's a really tough dude but uh Yeah, I mean, going on from that, um, yeah.
0: That, that's really funny. That uh, you know, kind of reminds me of my dad too. Like I know you'd met him a few times, but he he used to be like you know a football running back, and he he played pretty high level for Canada for Canadian football anyway. Mm-hmm. um But he's still big into the gym, just a monster of a man. But I mean, like my dad's a, a big teddy bear, right? Like, and I I remember your dad being a little bit more rougher when, when we were kids, like
1: as a coach. He's but a, I, that's the thing, man. Right? He's gotten soft in his old age. Oh and, yeah. Um, but uh, with me, I was like, because, you know, he was a hard ass on me. And, you know, it, wherever everyone else got, I got twice as bad. And now he's kind of softened up a bit. I was like, what? What's going on with this? Right? So I'm like, good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's weird kind of living in that shadow of having, I mean, you probably experienced it too, having that big, tough, you know, old old school mentality type. type. Oh, moment. yeah. So, well, super well. nice guys. They, they they always there for you, but.
0: Well, yeah, and I think I think uh, it kind of reflects in just the personalities that we both have now because I mean I know you you can take a lot of shit too. I can <laughs> I can take a lot of shit, I can dish a lot of shit. I have no problem with that. And yeah, I think, yeah. you know, I, I think that just rubs off a lot of it, rolls off your back, right? It's like, ah, whatever, I've dealt with worse. Um, but it's- yeah, that that's it. Well, I'm looking forward to your podcast too, by the way. That's the Mad Ignorant podcast. Uh so yeah, I'll be keeping an eye out for podcast. that. Podcast.
1: Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Basically, we want to, my whole thing is honestly kind of I want to have everyone that has different from backgrounds, you know, someone like a Sasquatch hunter or something like that, and have those type of people come in and kind of share the story, um, kind of like what you do, but um, more of a wide range in different topics that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's awesome. forward to it, and uh, hopefully, I can have you on one day too. So
0: yeah, well, I, I can all, I can get you a, a flat earther. <laughs> <laughs> there we go i, I love that uh, so yeah we'll, we'll be talks on that for sure there you go um but yeah like and going back to kind of the cso and everything like mm-hmm. i can imagine i think it does take a, a kind of a special person to be to you know to run into danger like that to be the one who wants to deal with those chaotic events like i mean i've Look, like I, I I don't have the best safety record on site. Like it's not like I'm unsafe, but you know, I I have I, I feel like I have a fairly high risk tolerance. So to me, what other people may say, oh, you're putting yourself in serious danger. I'm like, well, you know, I, I feel pretty comfortable doing this. Like I, I'm aware of the outcomes, but i I I have grown to have more of a respect for kind of that position over the years. I think a lot of that was tainted. Um, If you ever make your way out to the Albertan oil field and you see the safety regs up there, I think you might even, you will shake your head at some of the rules out there. And I think that's where I got my, (laughs) I get my opinions of of some of the safety regulations. But I do think it takes, yeah, a special person to want to be that person on site, the medic. Uh, it was the same within talking to, to Matt last week, the paramedic and firefighter. I have a lot of respect for those type of people, the, the people who want to, to run headlong into that stuff, because I mean, even I, I think my mentality personally has changed since having kids. Before I had kids, I was part of uh, the mine rescue team. I volunteered for that, like and we would go under air training. We had all of our uh, our like toxic gas training, all of that stuff we'd have to go under. We'd have to run tests like carrying People who would be pretend to be passed out obviously but carrying 300 pound miners out out of mines out of underground workings and uh, I loved it but then for whatever reason well I know the reason but once I had kids like I kind of it kind of made me a little bit more hesitant because I had it's different. Like, I just I have something that I'm coming home to that I'm almost like, I'm like, well, can I really put myself in the way of danger? Because I have these people who are depending on me. But I think that's why I have so much respect for people who do do it and who are willing to go into it, because it's, you know, it's pretty selfless. Um, And it's, uh, yeah, I, I just think I think that is an awesome path to go down. And I think, I think, uh, you know, anybody like you, especially seeing with your dad, you're you're very aware of what the outcomes can be from workplace incidences and just different injuries that can be had. And I mean, you've seen it on construction sites, too. It's not like there's any shortage of hazards around us. So
1: no, exactly right. And I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, What uh, first of all, was it like a switch that kind of like when you you had your first kid, just like shit, like I'm no longer like this is my number one or like you know like is that how it kind of turned for you or it was was like a slow progression
0: it was scary quick actually it was it was very weird like i didn't uh, i didn't expect it honestly like we had a, a mind rescue practice one of the times when i was back up at camp after after our son was born and you know we were underground we were under air everything was fine as i was coming down there and then we basically what we would do is they would shut off all the power into a section. We would fill it with a bit of smoke and you would start to actually have a practice where you can't see anything. You know, it's trying to create this little bit of a chaotic environment and you're searching for somebody. So it's honestly like, if you see like blind people with sticks, like you've got the stick, you're waving it on as you're going through this mine work, it gets pitch black. You can't see anything except for your cap lamp, but all it is, is lighting up smoke. So, um, and all of a sudden, like, that pressure hit me and I had, you know, we'd gone through practices before. I never cared. It was like, whatever, like this is, we're trying to get this guy out And you. You kind of get in the zone. Right. But all of a sudden I was like, I just, I was thinking of like my wife and my, my kids. And I'm like, what am I doing down here? Like I, you know, cause it, it, obviously, the first priority of the mine rescue team is the other mine rescue team members. It's like that in, in anything like firefighting. Your first priority are the other firefighters. Like you guys have to be able to get out. And so it was the same deal. But then I started thinking, I'm like, well, what am I doing down here? Like, because I'm putting myself at risk and who's going to care for who's going to provide for my wife and my kids. And it was a weird like it was an instant switch. I don't know how to explain it. At the same time, like I all of a sudden got nervous around heights. Like I all, all of a sudden all of these safety warnings like went off in my head. And it's uh it's been like that ever since. I so I don't know, but it's um yeah, it's funny to answer your question. It was pretty immediate and I did not expect it to come at all.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's uh I, I- I can kind of see that though. You kind of have that aha moment, right? We're like, Oh crap. Like it's not just me anymore. And being a, a young, you know, athletic guy, probably like you said, you're going out and do this mining, which is awesome. By the way, I'm, I want to build into a search and rescue is something I want to try to get into. So, um, obviously I'll be able to pick your brain maybe in a little bit here, but, uh, oh, yeah. um, um, Yeah, like going off of that, um, even with like safety on on the safety aspect of things, I think with this role, it it all depends on who your CSO is too, right? Like, I'm not the most safety conscious person in the world either. Um, I was a framer. I come from that. You know, I was hiding stuff from CSOs, right? I'm not someone <laughs> who grew up. You know, you're, you know, you're not supposed to go a scissor lift. You're, you're reaching over top. You're leaning over top of things, grabbing all the stuff that you're supposed to be holding on to, right? Taking your fall protection off, whatever it is. <laughs> I was that guy, right? So right. Um, I feel like what I try to do, at least on my sites, is I try to build a connection with the guys. And in that aspect, it's almost a respect thing, right? I'm not being a cop. I'm not trying to come down on people. I hate that, right? Like, I can be it. I was a loss prevention officer previous to this. And for people that don't know, I, for people who don't know what CSO is, actually, is a construction safety officer, just for, for that clarification. Um, oh, right. um, an LPO is a loss prevention officer. So I worked for a, a, a large grocery chain. I'm not going to say the name. Um, and we would catch people stealing and arrest them. So um, put yourself into that hazard. I mean, I guys pull knives. I guys, you know, try to hit me, throw coke can or cans of coke at me or whatever stolen tampons whatever yeah that was (laughs) (laughs) you'd be surprised um is so like you know kind of going off of that but well sorry
0: yeah uh, one thing that I wanted to touch on that I think is really important in your position that you're in being a, a CSO and actually having construction experience because like I was kind of alluding to before the worst the worst safety officers I've ever had have never worked the trades right? They're, they're literally just going off by the book. And then one of the best (laughs) safety officers I've ever had, who ironically got fired for overlooking a safety incident, but we'll, we'll we'll ignore that for a second, but his name was Stan. And he was, uh, he was an ex heavy duty mechanic. He had done that for years, but he got an injury and he couldn't really perform up to standards anymore. So he, he changed his career path. He took his, his, uh, settlement from work safe and he went into a a safety officer role where he didn't have to be as physically, there wasn't as big of a physical demand, but, uh, he was the best man. Like he would come by on site. We'd explain to him what we were doing and he'd understand it. Right. Like we were bolting together, switch gear, all this stuff. So he understood the mechanics of it. And we would say, we just physically can't do this with this safety kind of thing in place. Like we have to kind of get in there. We have to shoulder it into place. Like we can't stand up back and just like, you know, have a, have a, lanyard on it and try to pull it into place we have to actually body it into place and he was really good about all that stuff because he understood it he, he had worked in the trades he knew how things had to work the mechanics of it all but then other guys man like we would have we would have our little uh splicing knives which aren't like exacto breakaway blades like they're they're a lot duller they're a lot more rigid and solid but our, by the book, we had to take about two hours out of every day, every morning, just to sign out the, these knives and prove what we needed them for. Well, we're electricians, right? Like we're splicing, uh, cutting off cable, cutting off insulation all day. Like, what do you mean? Why do we need this knife? Our whole job works on it, right? And so it's, it's just funny. I think that's a huge asset that you actually have construction experience and that you try to build a relationship with the guys.
1: Yeah, exactly right, and and I think that it goes a lot further. You, you you said it perfectly there with like there's just certain ways you can't do things, right? Like um, another example would be like you know someone going to the roof and their head physically can't fit through with a hard hat on, right? Like okay, we'll take your heart out. I really, you know you have to mitigate certain rules to let someone do their job, right? Yeah. But the, my job is to make sure that they're doing the safest way possible. So. I hate when people say, you know, construction safety is black and white. That's not true. It, there's so many gray areas. There's so many other areas where you can adapt and change things to make it work, right? And that's the biggest thing about, in my opinion, about doing this doing this job is is not coming down. And I, I hated it, man. The worst is when the CSO comes down. My book says this, and they're pointing yeah, <laughs> out, hey, like, are you kidding me? Is that, like, have you ever done this before? Like... <laughs> It's insane, but I agree with you. I think uh, I think people should have more, um, have more. At least in BC, they recommend one year experience. I know lots of people that come just out of high school. That you know, it's a good paying job. It comes out. It's a very minimal education. Um, Yeah. But uh, and a lot of people are get into it and they can't handle it because they can't handle the injuries that they don't understand the injuries. So being on a construction site and having that um, knowledge and seeing seeing things i've been on sites where people have actually died right and and knowing that type of stuff as well as you know accidents with myself as well as my my dad um i want to be that person to be able to to save you but i understand that there's other rules or other ways to go about things right and if you start pissing people off they're not going to obey your rules they don't give a shit if you can build a relationship then they will you know, they're less likely, Hey, I'm not going to do this. Cause he asked me to, right. Hey man, can you not do this? Okay. Blah, 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 right. Cause there's understanding. But.
0: Right. And you've built a rapport. There's a bit of give and take. And mm-hmm. another thing that you had said to um, that I've seen both sides of this too, like, cause I've seen pretty big injuries on sites. Um, and then I was on two sites where people have passed away, but I was on my days off on the days that it happened. Um, but you Thankfully. know, yeah, thankfully, I, that's one thing that I'm terrified of is to, to like be a witness to, to something like that, especially on a job site, because I know that even in the one that I was offsite for, like I had been working in that same electrical room, uh, on my last shift and I knew exactly the piece of equipment that, that, uh, that did him in. Right. And I, I knew exactly what was going on. I had prepped that piece, the, the shift before, like it was a gradual build. Right. And then we finally got to the energization point and it was just, it, it was, um, they didn't follow safety protocol, right? Something wasn't locked out when it should have been, and it it screwed me up for a while. It screwed up our whole crew, honestly, because you can picture yourself in that position, and it's like, well, and I think this is with any any job site injury uh, or especially a fatality, but where you're looking around and you're like, well, I do that, like I've done that plenty of times. All it takes is one little slip up, and that could have been me. And I think that sits in the back of your head for a long time. It did with me. It still does, right? Like I, I just. I take lockout tag out extremely seriously. And as an electrician or anytime you're working with air or any like air under pressure, anything like that, like it has to be really important. Um, But yeah, it messes with you. It it sticks with you for a long time. But what I was going to originally get at is that at least, you know, I've been on sites where the CSO or the first aid attendant, whoever it is, they, they had never been in a scenario like that before where they've never seen a worksite injury. And then all of a sudden it happens and you don't know how you're going to react. Right. Like some of them uh, I've had, you know, some of them just, they can't do it. Like they're all jittery, they're shaky. They're, you know, they, they get lightheaded. And then other guys are right in there. Like, they're like, okay, okay. Like this is what we have to do. You're under, you're in shock, blah, blah, blah. They'll, you know, they package you up, send you out, whatever the case may be. Um, But, but yeah, I think, I think that that's something too, is it's, it's so tough to handle that situation unless you've seen it before just because you never know how you're going to respond and that's that's something that at least you kind of you've seen it you've been around it but yeah how how does that go like what the first time that you saw a a workplace injury
1: like a a pretty nasty one like when i was a cso or when i was on site with either or okay as like a cso i mean don't get, for me the hardest part is so my my grandma had a seizure a little bit ago when i was up up to visit her and seeing someone that i know and mm-hmm. try, like everything just shut off like it, it just really? pan- yeah that's like for me to work on someone close or family member like i i mean i did what i need to do but it was almost it wasn't it didn't feel natural like when someone else gets hurt we had one guy um I'm not going to get too deep into it because legally. I can't No, um, for sure. For sure. Exactly. Um, but there was an incident, um, and I had to respond to, um, and they were unconscious. Right. So, um, being able to, to assist in that and, and helping, I I don't know. It's like, I, I don't think about, it. I just naturally do. Cause like, my thing is like, I want to help this person. I know I can help them, you know, get everyone else get away type thing. Right. Um, but you're right when, you know, you have a, an OFA, uh, you know, a first aid attendant who's never seen blood before. Right. Mm. And you don't need to go through any extensive. It's not that extensive training. And I think that may be kind of a big gap in, in where it is, um, is just the actual training and what you can go about and do um i don't think that a lot of people know exactly what they're getting to and it's a, a decent paying job that's pretty easy i can kind of slack you know blah, blah 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 nobody's really watching me and then when when shit hits the fan or you know there's an incident they freeze up or they pass out i've seen i've seen a first aid attendant pass out before um so <laughs> you're not really useful when you're the one supposed to be helping someone you're passed out so
0: I know. I, well, um, I know that I would be terrible at it because like I, I also had my OFA level one and my transportation endorsement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to get it for the mine rescue part of it. Um, but it was funny because yeah, like it's really easy when you're working on a dummy, like you're working on a crash test dummy, essentially mm-hmm. there's no blood, there's no nothing. It's a plastic doll that you're throwing around. Right. And, uh, yeah, I remember we did, we had one safety meeting that was pretty graphic. It was a high pressure injection was the injury that happened with uh, Yeah. So it was just a safety meeting, right? We were just being made aware of, you know, all this hydraulic fluid that was under pressure. Right. And so, but I passed out in the middle of the safety meeting because they, they had like a picture where the guy's hand was uh, flayed open all the way up to his armpit. Right. Because they had to, you have to scrape out the hydraulic oil that gets into your, your blood vessels. Right. And so anyway, I, I remember. I I just remember waking up in the middle of this meeting and people are all around me. They're like, "Are you right? Are you right?" They're like white in the face. I'm like, "What is wrong with you guys?" Like I I thought they were crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea that I had blacked out. <laughs> <What the heck? laughs> yeah, is, it's like five thirty in the morning. I had blacked out in the middle of a safety meeting, so I know that I wouldn't be good at least with high pressure injection. Nothing else ever grossed me out, but for whatever reason, seeing people's hands and arms like flayed open to dig out that hydraulic fluid that got to me. So. Uh, I, I don't think that I would ever be good as an OFA level three. If I ever saw that, I'd be out of commission.
1: See, I don't know. I've never seen something that nasty. <laughs> um, and I, maybe that will completely change when I do. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I have I have seen someone put their hand through a three millimeter uh, roller between two pressurized rollers. So completely oh. crushed their hand, flattened it out. Um, the guy was actually pretty calm and He was actually better condition than somebody else that saw it. The other guy passed out, and so I'm like trying to do first aid. I'm like, do you do first aid of the guy that just hit his head on the concrete, (laughs) or the guy that has head through his leg? Right, right, has crushed every bone in his head. (laughs) Yeah, he's in pain. Or the guy that's KO'd. So, Um, but yeah, I mean, I haven't experienced that yet, but that's not saying that it won't happen. Um, so maybe I'm, I'm getting a little too ahead of myself. (laughs) No, no, I am sure you're already better suited to handle than I would.
0: I I had seen, it's funny though, that you mentioned that about the guy who got injured, the, one of the worst injuries that I had seen a guy, uh, basically it was in a zoom boom. He went to shift the forks on it, but it was under load and his thumb got caught and it basically sheared his thumb. Like it crushed his thumb. Right. As he, he got that, that fork into position, but it was under load. So it cracked down right on his thumb. And, uh, he was in shock but the guy who was working right beside him was like freaking out and like j- couldn't handle it. Right. But the guy who actually had his thumb hanging off by like just the meat, uh, he, he was in shock. He was, he was calm. It was
1: very yeah, calm, weird. cool. Just yeah. like, it's such a weird thing. Right. And as a first aid, when you come on scene like art and this is, this is something I hope I never encounter. Um, but we have something where basically, say there's a mass injury and we have a bunch of people laying on the ground. My first job is to go through and mark out who is unsavable, who can be saved, or, you know, so I've, you know, red, we mark them red if, okay, this guy's too far gone. There's nothing we can do about it. And that mark yellow for people that are, you know, kind of iffy, the ones that we should be saving. And then green are for ones that are, that are good. So um, that's something I hope I never cross, being able to, choose pick and mm-hmm. choose who i want like that's that's something i think would would be tough for me um just saying oh you're too far gone you i know, i can't
0: on. imagine that because that's like a lot of weight right you're you're essentially deciding that that person's outcome at that point
1: for two weeks of training two weeks yeah. weeks of training. that's all you have right and it's like it's uh it's intensive training don't get me wrong but but still i mean it's it's a lot for someone to handle so um if you have a good CSO on your site and you're your construction worker, which I'm assuming most listeners here are yeah, go, go, go give them a, a handshake or, you know, tell him he's <laughs> do a good job because you can find some shitty ones. And the thing is you may hate your CSO, but when you're in that situation, he's the one person you want to come save your ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> even if, even if it's
0: from a selfish standpoint, just go introduce yourself so that you get
1: that yellow mark and not the red one. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, like it means a lot. I mean, for me, the thumb comes up and you know, if I say, Hey, how's it going? Try to. Feel nice and you know upbeat and they give you the cold shoulder you know what i mean well well you know guess what happened you made my book and <laughs> everyone does it i don't care what they say right if you have two people and one of them you like a little bit more that's the person you're going for right every time yeah. of the week yeah um, I should be saying that on air but <laughs> yeah,
0: i i can cut it or whatever it, <laughs> no, it's, fine, it's, it's, fine. it's a it's a <laughs> pretty oh yeah no, that's i think i think it's human nature for sure um yeah. so as far as in like other facets of your life like you you'll obviously be pretty aware of like outcomes. So whether it's at, you know, at work, you're aware of what the, the potential there is for, for fallout. Like, do you find yourself thinking about that more going through life? Like just what the potential outcomes are of any, whatever, any, any choices that you make, especially, you know, it could be physical injury or just, just in general, like, are you pretty aware of consequences now?
1: Oh, See, I would like to say that, but I'm I'm not the smartest person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> so, um, and, and also I think something that you alluded to earlier was that you have kids and you have a family and you have someone like some some something to look forward to or a family to go back and that relies on you, mm-hmm. right? And uh, being a single guy, um, you know, living with a roommate, there's I don't have that. So maybe. I'll put myself in a little bit more risky positions without thinking about it all the way through mm-hmm. or even thinking it all the way through. Um, and still manage that because of that, you know, lack of of I wanna say lack of that's not a good way of saying that, but uh, you know, not having a family or like
0: dependence shape. anyway, yeah, right? Exactly,
1: right? Yeah. Dependent, exactly. That's that's a good way of putting it. A dependent. Yeah. So um I, I I feel if I like if I could do something to save two people's lives and maybe even if it costs my own, if, you know, I feel like that's, that's, that's a risk or that's a good, that's a good way option. Right. So um, that's just kind of how I, I, how I like to see things. Obviously I'm not like some superhero or whatever. That's not what I'm trying to say, but like if my friends, a couple, a couple of incidents where my friends were were in danger and I put myself in front of that danger instead of them being there. Right. And that's, kind of just my mentality how it's been the same thing with my dad like to go on with that story um he actually pushed his buddy out of the way and stepped in front of the truck so um when that truck was reversing the guy was basically getting beat up in the truck as the truck came back he realized his buddy was there and instinctively pushed him out of the way got hit by the truck and sacrificed himself Mm -hmm. um and maybe kind of living up to that standard or that for me is like I don't know, like, like it puts a little bit of pressure on, I would say pressure, but you know, it, it's, it's something that's, that, that, that hit me really, like he would sacrifice and, and that's something that, that really touched, touched me, I guess.
0: That, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, like I, I, I look up to my dad for a lot of things too. Right. And I, I remember he had one, one thing actually, it was, it was at our old house when we were growing up. I don't know how old I would have been. It would have been when I was less than 12 anyway. Um, but I remember across the street, I think it was the the father, the the husband was being abusive towards his wife and it was out in the front lawn and everybody saw it, like in the neighborhood. And my dad, I remember just all of a sudden he's looking out the front window and he cooks it down the stairs, bolt, like throws open the front door, and I'm watching it from our bay window, right? And all of a sudden it's him just running across the road. And he again, I I told you he grew up playing football. The guy's big he knows how to throw a hit he knows how to tackle and just just, he's fast yeah he was a wide receiver so literally a running back sorry but he literally runs and just bulldozes this guy and pins him to the ground and he's like he's yelling at uh or he he told the, the wife there he's like i just call the police like i'll hold him here don't worry about it And he just held him there. And the guy's yelling, trying to, trying to throw like elbows back at him. There was no chance, right? He's just got his face in the dirt, like just like laying on his back. It was over, but um, yeah, it was kind of cool because he just ran right into it too. And I know that I, I still have that, that kind of instinct, that mentality with me like I was just saying, it just kind of, there's always like that, that half second, split second delay on everything now I find because of, because of having dependents, because of having my kids and my wife, um, but it's there, and so that's I, I good totally, thing, I think, I think that's so a too. Good thing.
1: Having that that split second delay gives you a chance to think about what you're what you're doing. Um, and me, like I don't. I don't have that yet I hopefully one day it kicks in but, <laughs> you'll uh, have it you'll have um, it. i mean definitely uh paid the price a few times but it's funny that you say my dad was kind of the same way that and there's in Chilliwack actually at the on the the far side 7-eleven out there yeah um one of the i guess you know one of the the lower end uh type people from that that side of Chilliwack. <laughs> tried yeah. to rob the the 7-11 my dad actually tackled the guy he was trying to rob him and held him down until the police got there and stuff right so i think both with our fathers having that like it's almost learned behavior yeah uh, in a sense right like obviously every every guy honestly most kids most sons idolize their, their father hopefully if they have a, a stable father in their life right so yeah trying to be like that is, is i feel like that's where i kind of get it from so
0: yeah. And that makes a lot of sense to me again. Like, like I, even when you were talking about not, it's not pressure, but there is something that you want to live up to. Like there's a standard that's been set and, and yeah. I, I totally understand that I feel the exact same. You're right. It's, it's tough to describe it because it is kind of like a pressure, but it's not a bad pressure. It's just, you want to live up to it. It's not that you have to, you want to. And it's, uh, yeah,
1: that's yeah. exactly it. Like, yeah, like, yeah. It's, 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 it is it is a pressure, but yeah, you want to you want to do it. It's not that you feel like you have to because you're not inadequate or anything like that. Um, exactly. It's just that you that's something that's almost ingrained into you.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and I figure. I figured we could kind of do a hard pivot because I, I had actually recently done uh, an episode. I can't remember what I called it, but it was, it was touching on like the idea of consequence because it's something that fascinates me, right? And it's, it's, again, with work, it's every every decision that you make has a consequence. You've got to keep in mind, you know, uh, the fact that this project is going to stand for a long time. You want it to work. You want your work to be of quality. And again, it's safety consequences. It's like, what do I do? You know, if I put myself in a bad position, what's going to happen? You're obviously well aware of that. But even just, just in the world today, because a lot of the things that a, a lot of the things that kind of tripped that episode off were because you see so much stuff online and you see so much just kind of people wanting to go go off half cocked, right? Without thinking anything through. And one of the headlines that recently kind of caught me um, by surprise is how many people, you know, we're talking about present-day events in Ukraine and Russia. Everybody knows what's going on there. But it was uh, this call for instituting a no-fly zone over ukraine from the west like from canada from the u.s and while i can understand people wanting to to do something to stop this war it's like the second that you put in a no-fly zone that is an act of war because then as soon as a russian plane flies over well you've just said you're going to shoot it down so it's like or uh, drone
1: yeah just drones too right And that's people don't understand
0: yeah and it's but then then now all of a sudden you're in a hot war right like and i know that this is a very hard pivot but it's it's the idea it's just this idea of consequence and so many people now like it's so easy to go on your computer and type something in and be like yeah do that it's like okay well what are you going to do with that part are you going to do anything to back that up it's like oh no 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 i, I just want i just want things to get better without me doing anything uh, you see my ukraine flag in my profile picture right i'm doing something like that that to me that that to me drives me nuts right is the the idea of, of uh, you know, stating something, not having to live it out, and then not having to face any consequences for it, right? And so, anyway, I don't know. I don't know where we're gonna go with this, but I no,
1: but no. I think I think you're you're pretty right there. Like, there's a lot of people. Like, I mean, the same thing happened with the bombing in France, right? Everyone's pro pic pick went to the France, center, and then you know all this stuff, and but everyone's like, oh, I I you know stand with Ukraine or whatever it is, right? And but what are you actually doing to, to you know, help them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, it's just, the, I think it's the day and age of where we are, where people, it's almost, you know, as as the kids say, clout to like, right. you know, be that way. And if you're not supporting them, you're against them, right? And that's that's, I feel like everyone has to be, everything's one or the other, but yeah. it's not, right? That's not how life is, but that's how people like to divide it.
0: I think that's such a good point that that is something we could talk about too, is just the idea that, you know, if, (laughs) if you don't uh, explicitly state your support for something, then you're, then you're automatically against it. Like everything today seems to be just on a binary. It's black or white. It's, it's a one or a zero. You're either on or you're off. There's, it's, uh, it is maddening to me. It might be the most frustrating thing that that's kind of, I don't know. Nowadays, everything's black and white. There is no, there's no gray zone despite the fact that we all live in that gray zone and it's yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's all appearance to, you know, other people like, but other people that you don't know. And that's like, that's, that's what drives me crazy. Right. And, I mean, I'm I'm not as as uh, cool-headed as as some other people, so sometimes I get bothered by certain things and <laughs> and go off. And when I go off, I uh, I almost go like Alex Jones and just don't make sense what happened it, but. Uh you're gonna have a great podcast then i can't wait Yeah. by the way mad your podcast just saying that's <laughs> funny that you saying, about stupid things
0: that's funny that you say mad ignorant because like i i always get called uh ignorant by my by this one friend group because i just they just say i'm ignorant and i've I, now i just embrace it. i just say i put the i in ignorant like it's fine. yeah exactly I, i'm happy with it
1: nice that label. That's, <laughs> embrace it right that's the thing is um you know as, as we're both getting older too it's like um, and you mentioned in some of your, your past, um, podcasts, you don't let things bother you, which is honestly something I look, look up to you about, right. Is you, oh yeah, just whatever. And sometimes there's just something that hits, hits that nerve and it just like drives me, <laughs> drives me up the wall and then I just stay super things. So it's something that <laughs> I need to, to calm down on, but, um, I respect it from you. Um, you, you do a really good job of that. Oh, I appreciate it. I mean, that's, that's a long,
0: I was not this cool headed for a long time. I think, I think it kind of forced it out of me again, having kids. I, I don't know, like there's, there's a few transformational moments in my life and having kids is the biggest one, but it's like, you can't just snap on your kids every time they annoy you because they're going to annoy you daily. So like <laughs> at that point I realized I'm like, I have to let a lot of this stuff roll off my back. Like I, uh, so anyway, then, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. A lot of it I just don't react to anymore. I'd rather like have you ever heard of the Barbara Streisand effect? Uh explain it to me. It's basically it's basically uh when you throw a lot of attention on something because you hate it, you end up magnifying that thing and it becomes a lot bigger and a lot more evident than it would have before. So now, like like for example Coney twenty twelve. Sorry? Coney twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah. So like, like something like that. Yeah, so like to me, like even uh so there's, there's a couple like social media, Facebook pages, right. That, that uh, are a bunch of podcasters and they'll share their episodes. And it's so funny because like, there's this one guy who for whatever reason, doesn't like me on there, but whenever I'll post like a podcast episode, he just, he instantly comments on it, makes some stupid comment. And I'm like, you do realize that anytime there's a comment on something now, it all of a sudden bumps to the top of the food chain. And you're going to draw more attention to it. Like, it just, it makes me laugh, right? Like, if I see something that I don't agree with, I ignore it. Mainly, honestly, it's almost out of spite. It's like, I'm just not going to give that thing any attention at all. I'm not going to let them know that it bothers me. Like, if I ignore it, it, they probably won't do it anymore. People are always looking for an attention, for attention. So, to me, it's just, it's so funny
1: that way. Yeah, 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 you're 100% right. Um, Trying to, like, bring the attention to something is almost the reverse effect of what they want right exactly Um, they're trying to get you
0: to go away and then but now they're drawing more eyes on it
1: exactly and what was it um i think trump said it something along the lines of like there's no news or uh, any news there's what what was it like any news is good news or something like that they're talking about you it's a good thing no matter what they're talking about right so
0: oh yeah um, like yeah the age-old adage like uh any publicity or sorry any publicity is good publicity even if that's, you know, that's even what if i was bad. looking for that's yeah. what I am try
1: to get there thank, thank you sorry i yeah. fumble
0: fuck through it too <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> but that that was the quote i was going for the saying right it is any publicity is good publicity yeah so um yeah and i mean going off kind of off of that too is how much fake something i actually wanted to ask you is the the amount of fake news going out there now, even like with the Ukraine and there's, you know, the video game footage. Mm-hmm. um, And then there's like the bombing of like Libya that's being shown, but it was like two or three years ago or wherever it was. And there's a lot of fake, which is drying up the, the, the whole conspiracy theory of um the war is not actually happening. I know. Um, so I don't know how far the rabbit hole we won't go down that. but <laughs> I, Yeah. Um, like I just, i
0: don't know like i I, what drives me crazy about all of this stuff i mean it's it's the same way it's honestly it's with any big event that happens now right like i get that people want eyes they want attention but if you throw one thing in there that isn't accurate it just it undermines the entire story like like i have no doubt that what's going on in ukraine is real that what's what's happening there is real uh i don't know again i i can't pay attention to it all right like i there's just there's so much stuff going on right even in my personal life. We're in the middle of moving right now, provinces. So it's like this, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Like even this podcast, I've just been putting out bi-weekly right now, because I can't even stay on top of this. And it takes me, you know, 40 minutes a week to do it. And I can't do that 40 <laughs> minutes. So to to try to stay on top of everything right now, I I don't know, but but you're making a really good point. Like because people are trying to drum up attention, and obviously, like the emotional attention will drum up more support right so if you can touch on people's heartstrings you see you know and like i see some of the footage that comes out of it and it's it's terrifying you know like i, I was talking about one i shared one the other day uh like an air to ground missile from a, a jet had hit at you know this building that was like 100 200 feet away from this this mother who was filming on her iphone and yeah. you can hear like her baby starts screaming the second that the explosion happens and it it kills you right like you just feel like all of a sudden like we have to do something like i am pissed off i am sad i'm upset like we have to do something and so like a lot of that just it is to play on your feelings but they have to use actual footage because again as soon as anything like that gets gets picked apart and you realize that this this isn't actually from there it undermines the entire story and i don't understand why why people don't really get that just for the clickbait articles for the quick emotional hit Mm -hmm. you're undermining the whole the whole story of it though overall
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, and and that's the thing is like when when you do that type of stuff, it's like obviously with every story, the way I see things is you know, there's the left and the right, and then there's the truth in the middle, right? (laughs) So you take a little bit of the right, you take a little bit of the left, and you figure what's going on, you know what I mean? Like is is Zelensky a neo Nazi? Probably not. Um probably not, (laughs) right? But probably not I mean, that's just off of my thing but you know is there a lot of things that are going on from either side that are true and it, that there is right but when you do throw up this fake footage of video games or i seen i don't know how true this is either obviously it's it's just getting terrible that you don't know is what's true what's not
0: i was just gonna say isn't that so frustrating when you're looking at something you're like what if this gets disproved in a week <laughs>
1: like yeah, it's such a thought So it's, it's, I've, I've learned to shut up. (laughs) I was pretty, uh, pretty gung ho on certain things here. Um, early on with that and now like, like the same thing, it it hit my heartstrings too. And, um, I mean, I haven't really talked about this too much. I talked to you about it, but I mean, I almost went over there to not, and like I don't think I'm a fighter. I'm not a fighter, but I have a little bit of medical skills. So I thought maybe I could help the people coming to the border and do that type of stuff. Obviously funding and getting over there is, is, is a little bit of a challenge, but um, you know, uh, going into that, there's actually uh, a, a Marine who had a comment here. His name is Emil Gleason. Um, I think mm-hmm. uh, his last name is G H E S S E N. And he was going on with good morning in Britain and, um, talking about, playstation era kids going over to to um ukraine so you, he was over there and there's a bunch of people you know early 20s that were over there and one of the things he says is like what motivates these guys they're pretty coming they come out for for moral and, and like for their own moral uh defend to defend ukraine but he's like let's be blunt some of them are basically thugs that want to kill people mm-hmm. and i don't think like that's a pretty bold statement to say too because someone that doesn't have any training to go out there to be a killer, they, they don't you, like to, to say you're going to go over there and do it. And then to actually do it, I almost I almost had a, a, a friend of mine, you know, help me out with a purchase of doing it. And that night I didn't sleep. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's not something that, that you have to realize the consequences you make when you go over there or um, life and death. This isn't a video game. There's no restart. And I think they understand that, but I think when, you know, they, he also goes along and says, you know, three, four weeks ago, they didn't care about the Russians or like, they're, you know, the Russians didn't bother them; They're totally fine. I was like, yeah, three or four weeks ago, they weren't bombing another country and using war crimes on them. Right. So, um, like you said, it kind of pulls on the heartstrings when these people are going out and to kind of, you know, put them down, even though, you know, is to me, it's, it's a big insult. Like these people are sacrificing their lives, whether they have military experience or not. Mm-hmm. they're still going out there and putting themselves there. Right. And, and they're going to find out pretty damn quick when a missile lands beside you, you know, that this isn't playing games anymore. Right. So if they're still there and they made the effort to go and do it, give these guys some credit, right. Whether they're the PlayStation generation or not.
0: Well, I think that's a good point. I mean, yeah, anybody, I mean, we had talked about it before, like just a couple minutes ago, but you know, you throw up a Ukraine flag on your profile picture and you, you say you're helping, right. It's like that Ralph Simpsons meme i'm <laughs> helping right like but it, i agree if anybody and i'd like i wasn't going to bring it up on here but but because you did like i thought that was really incredible that you were seriously considering going over there to offer medical aid and first aid and whatever you could and you know like that that is the essence of actually backing up your beliefs right and it's so easy nowadays and yeah you can make fun of them as the playstation generation and um you know, I, I do, I would have worries about them in actual combat, but if they're willing to go over there and they're actually, you know, trying to defend people, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta respect that a little bit. Like they are actually backing up these beliefs. They're, they're wanting to stand up for people. They're trying to defend, you know, people's homelands. And I, I get it. I mean, it's, it's on a volunteer basis anyway. Right. So if you feel that that is, that's tugging at you, you, you want to go defend people's homes and you're seeing this footage and you're you just want to do something. Right. I mean, I think I've talked about a lot on here and I mean, I've even, I'm thinking about doing an episode of just readdressing like what this podcast is even about because it's changed so much in the year since I, or year and a half since I started, I, I don't even know if it's the same thing anymore, but one of the things that I'm really interested in is like people find meaning in a lot of things and I'm really interested in why people find meaning or the, the why to get along through every day. It's the same reason why, you know, I talked to a flat earth or I wanted to see why this makes him feel, So much better because that's what the first thing he had he had addressed, and so you know if people are always looking for meaning, so if you feel like your life is meaningless, you're just sitting away in your your mom's basement playing PlayStation. All of a sudden, you have a chance you feel to actually make an impact in the world, to actually help people, to to go experience something like some form of excitement. I mean, I I could understand that entirely if I was twenty two with no kids and you know no family and I. You know, I just felt like my life didn't have a lot of meaning. I would be going over there in a heartbeat to do whatever I could do to help. Like that's I, I think people just want that drive.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you, you, you're 100% right, is that there's a lot that they don't. And what people understand, too, is when I tried to because I actually applied um, through the the Ukrainian embassy to try to get over there. And the only way I, they would pay for me to go over is if I actually joined the Ukraine. Military, so I'd have to sign up as a Ukraine military person, which is something I didn't want to do. I'm not, you know, what I mean, like, um, that's just not what I want. I want to go help them on my own terms, um, that type of way. So for me to go over there is on my own penny. So all these guys that are going over there are using their own money to pay to get there, right? And they're sacrificing their 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 life, right? And it's funny because this is an, a military guy talking about it, this um this Emil Gleason, Deason, or whatever. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I just read the article. Um, but it, the first thing I thought of was, you know, 13, 14-year-old guys in World War II faking their age to go fight, right? What's the difference between a 12-year-old, you know what I mean? Like, that guy never picked up a weapon before in his life either. Or thirteen? I know a lot of people that faked well, – I, I shouldn't say personally, no. I know a lot of stories of people faking their age um, to go to war. And, oh, you know, right. and you can see some of those pictures, and they're barely 17 years old, right? Like – these are young kids. So, what's the difference, right? Obviously, it's a world war and there's a lot more going to, but, and I don't want to get too far into this, but we're not too far away if something happens. Like we, we alluded to earlier with the no fly zone. If that goes in, there's World War three. Like, there's, do you think Russia's going to stop that? I, I, there's no way they're going to be like, oh, we're going to back off now. Putin's too far deep. But yeah. I, like I said, I don't know how far you want to go down the rabbit hole in this with the Ukraine thing, but.
0: No, it's it's all good. I, I mean, I think we can even just yeah briefly touch on the way we are, and I think it makes a lot of sense because, yeah, again, like it's consequences, right? And I don't know if you've ever seen that that picture. I know uh, Rogan posted it. I don't know; it was probably a couple months ago, but it was that that soldier. Uh, I forget the name, but he went at like seventeen, and then it shows a picture of him two years later, and it's just a hollow human being. Mm -hmm. like you can just see in two years of age progression but but being at the front lines being in an act of war i think that was world war ii as well and it's not the same person like he's aged 50 years and you could just like look in his eyes before he was looking at you and then in the second picture he's looking through you like Mm -hmm. and i think that again touching back on consequences like you had said like that's why all these people calling for online all of this instant like these war acts against you know russia it's like the consequences are you know in in the era of nuclear weapons on both sides like uh let's pump the brakes for a second here a little bit i understand but there's a lot of stuff at play there's a lot of moving parts like i don't know and again i i've said it before i'm not a geopolitical analyst so if you're looking at at hearing uh real hot takes on world events uh you're on the wrong podcast but um i think that uh Yeah, I think that's a good point that you made, though. I mean, people faking their age back in World War II, like, you know, and I I can understand it also a lot, especially if you're defending your homeland. Like, I, Mm. you know, I think of even, like, I'm the oldest, well, actually, I have a stepsister who's older than me, but when I was growing up, it was me and then three younger sisters. And, you know, I mean, I just in a small sense like you know you would stand up to bullies who are bullying your sister you would you would do little things like that you would try to protect them you take you take responsibility for them and i think that i can imagine that in world war ii as you see you know these this enemy advancing towards your country towards your home and you're looking over at your mom and your sisters and whoever else is there like it's like well time to step up and i think i do think you make a good point though it's not um it's not that much different like these people who are wanting to go over they're wanting to volunteer even though they may not be qualified they've never fired a weapon before but they have this uh, this drawing to you know to defend people I think that's what it comes down to
1: and that's the big thing is I don't know how you can put someone down he's willing to do that right and um, it's just it's tough it's it's such a weird position we are right now and the world is absolutely messed up (laughs) i i can't wait for 40 years from now and then history class man (laughs) like oh man i like try to teach your grandkids (laughs) like just imagine like your youngest's kid right (laughs) you're like oh i remember 2020
0: (laughs) oh yeah in in 40 years or 45 years when i'm trying to explain to them what happened they'll be like all right grandpa shut up drink your pedialyte but (laughs) yeah Yeah. crazy right but yeah uh,
1: yeah consequences is, is, is a big thing right and um it's you, you allude to her just just moments ago um the biggest thing is you're like there's a, a famous quote i'm not gonna i'm gonna butcher it but basically he said um it was a general in the army he says you don't go to war because you hate the person in front of you you go because of the people behind you yeah. right and that's the thing is you know you don't my whole reason was, I and mean, everyone asked me, why are you going? Why are you going? Why do you want to do it? It's not our war. It's not our war. And I got that so many times. Um, and you know, you know what I mean? That's like, that's not who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I see an old lady getting robbed down the street, that's not my problem either. Mm-hmm. But am I going to do something about it? Damn right. Right. Yeah. That's not, that's not, that's not me. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, and when it says not my problem, it's like, well, what happens when it is our problem? Then yeah. it's too late. Right. Yeah. And the fact is, is we have if there is Ukrainians over there, you know, getting injured, getting hurt, asking for help, what if we, what's the difference between them and us that we were born here and they were born there? That's it, right? Wow. So if we're in that situation, when you want help, right? And that's that's kind of like what my my thought process was going through this. And you like once again you kind of you kind of mentioned it earlier. And one of my one of my best friends, he came to me. He's like, you know, you're not gonna come back the same. Mm-hmm. And that's right. And that, that hit me, like, yeah, he's like, you're not gonna be the same person. Mm-hmm. Right. And you say with that picture, right? And I mean, it was tough. And I almost went twice. I had two different people that almost kind of wanted to go with me. And they were going to help fund and and, and do it. And you know, we we were going to clarify the next day, but both those nights were were sleepless, reckless nights. I wasn't like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna go, you know, get a, go get a kill streak or wherever it is in COD, right? That's not that's not how my, my mindset was. It was I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's sometimes there's just something that, that pushes you that wants you to do something. Right. And um, I don't think you should bring people down who, whether they are experiencing it or not, I don't think that matters. I think it, it has more to do with the sacrifice.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And again, like, I know we've talked about it a bunch of times, but it's actually backing up your words. It's backing up your intentions. Right. Like uh, I think there's a, a real, lack of that across the board here nowadays and i again like it's tough to kind of um it's tough to really put somebody down if they're willing to actually put their body on the line they're willing to actually uh take a risk to do something that they believe in and i think that's uh i I think that's just a good lesson in general but i think that yeah it's something that's lacking today and that's one thing that i tried to express to you when i was talking to you about you know you were talking about going over there it's like well like this is great like all I wanted to do was also express like just the consequences of it's funny because it's the exact conversation we're having now, but just just the idea of what would happen because I, you know, the same thing, like you, uh, there's no way you'd ever be the same person.
1: Mm -hmm. And honestly, I I haven't told you this yet, but like, you're the only, well, I shouldn't say you're the only person you're, you're, you are you you did not criticize it right away. And, you know, I, I was getting a lot of, I would say slack, but a lot of, you know, pushback from it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, the one thing is when someone makes up their mind to do something, and this is this is a good lesson for basically anyone. It's something I learned. Is when someone wants to do something, the best thing you could do is express your concern for sure, but support that person. Mm-hmm. Right. And the thing is when you're getting everyone and you want you you believe something's true and, and everyone's telling you, don't go. I don't want you to go. And it's, it's funny because I had a conversation with my grandma and she said it perfectly too. And she's like, you know, it's selfish of me to want you to stay right and it's like it's my own selfishness that i don't mm-hmm. want you to go because i don't want you to go out and get hurt right but that's on her not mm-hmm. me right i've made that decision i come to that terms already right so um if someone is if you know someone out there that you know is trying to do something whether whatever it is you know obviously if you have a, a strong concern raise it but at the end of the day support them that's my uh my piece of advice my two cents from a, a cso yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, build a bridge, don't shit all over them. Like, I think that's, yeah. I think that's a good piece of advice because you're, you're just going to harden their resolve, right? They, they yeah. That goes, that goes across anything in life. If you're just going to attack the person, you're going to harden their resolve. So
1: exactly. And then they go into it with a, with a different mindset, which could cause problems right down the road. Um, right. If you're not fully invested into what you do, you always get get hurt right the, the people that usually get hurt the worst on construction sites are usually the guys that have been doing the job for 15 20 years right they get complacent oh i yeah. could do this boom boom and the next thing you know they're missing a finger right the the guy that's never used that tool before is the safest person to use that tool right yeah um, or they're
0: they're vengeful like that's what i've i've heard like i've seen some guys who you know, you'll be like, hey, man, don't do it that way. And then they're like, oh, I'll fucking show him. I'll do it that way. Watch I've been me. doing it
1: for 20 years. Yeah. Fuck this, all right? <laughs> yeah. Like... Watch me.
0: And then, then their mind is almost more on proving, proving you wrong. And then they mess up. They hurt themselves. Right. Like, mm-hmm. or, you know, most of the time they just mess up the job. But then sometimes it goes <laughs> really haywire and they hurt themselves. But yeah. Yeah, man, it, I think I think that's yeah, that's so important. I mean, I I almost think that's like a, a good place to kind of wind up because we finally brought it right back to construction into the CSO. But I, I <laughs> think circle. that, yeah, the full circle. I think that's, uh, I think that's good. I mean, mm. yeah, I think we've, we've said a lot in this episode, but it's it's mainly just that idea of consequence, right? Uh, but again, like even what you touched on, and it's probably my favorite thing to talk about on this podcast is people finding meaning. And I think that that's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, a lot of in these people who are looking to volunteer going over to Ukraine, mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are fighting over there. I think a lot, again, a lot of it's because they're trying to find meaning. They're trying to find something to drive them forward in life and something that's bigger than them, you know, uh, a cause that's bigger than their own life.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Is like, I, I'm not going like, I don't think people should go over there because they hate Russia. They should go over there because they want to help Ukraine. Right. And that's the thing, whether what's going on over there, whether who's in fault or whatnot, people are getting hurt. And some people are getting, are getting hurt. And that's, that's, it's not about the war for me. It's about helping people that need help. Right. And that's just kind of the, the, the line I walk in life, I guess.
0: Yeah. That, yeah. You couldn't have said it better. I mean, it's always, you know, it's always the common people who are fighting these, you know, these wars that are proposed by their politicians. I like, guess they're not the ones on the front line. Actually no. you hear before we, talk, before we go off, did you see that Elon Musk challenged uh, Vladimir Putin <laughs> yeah. to a hand to hand combat for Ukraine? <laughs>
1: No, we all know Elon Musk is showing up in Iron Man suit
0: <laughs> 100%. you're not joking he would for he sure start
1: jetpack down and have some super like go-go gadget oh, <laughs> super my punch God. thing
0: you're totally right either that or he'd send like an anatomically perfect correct version of him but it'd be like an android and he'd be like yeah see I fought him
1: <laughs> just jacked Elon yeah <laughs> yeah oh my goodness oh man well i'd love to see it and apparently people are saying it is a serious tweet so <laughs> <laughs> what
0: what what world are we living in
1: we are living in some comic book it's it's, it's a simulation man i'm i'm fully convinced we live in a simulation hey the but, the, the longer that's the longer a for story. Yeah,
0: no doubt we could get into that one another time too the longer that 22 just the 2020s go on the the more oh, i believe man. that too it's a bananas i don't know i hope that this this decade winds down because the first two years are just a fucking shit show right now i i really yeah. hope that we wind down a little bit here oh
1: <sighs> i hope so too man i hope so too yeah <laughs>
0: all right man well uh thanks for coming on tonight and i again like i'll uh as soon as your your podcast does launch i'll i'll do a thing on my podcast too but i'm i'm looking forward to listening to it i, th- I think it'll be fun i think uh You know, anybody who's listened to you on Puck and Flamingo, like you can go off on a little bit, a little bit of a rant. And uh, (laughs) I I think it'll be interesting to hear your podcast. I'll say that.
1: Yeah, no, I'm uh, completely opposite of of how Zach runs his. He's a lot cool, calm and collected. I'm all over the place and bullheaded sometimes (laughs) to get to one thing. And the worst is is when you're like arguing a point and then you realize that you missed something in the conversation that you're wrong the whole time. you're arguing oh, the wrong point you're just arguing <laughs> you're like oh i totally missed that part of the conversation
0: <laughs> oh that's so good that's so good but, uh, awesome yeah, man. i
1: appreciate it man i do appreciate you having me on here so uh, i've been wanting to get on here so it's awesome thanks for thanks for the invite yeah man
0: uh we'll definitely do it again once i kind of get situated in uh in alberta because i i don't know actually this should be a little announcement anyway that the the podcast might be a little bit sporadic over the next four weeks because i'm Moving, packing again. It's interprovincial, so uh, expect a little bit of sporadic releases. But you know, I'll keep on top of it, and it'll level out again soon. So,
1: what what he really means is F one season started. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Sunday, <laughs> Sunday,
0: the first race. Hey, who's your uh, who's your top three? Who do you think's taking the podium? Ooh, uh,
1: I think Leclerc's going to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think either Max or Louis is going to uh, crash into each other. One was going to get knocked out, so one of those two will be on. Mm-hmm. And then um, George, I think George will make the podium too.
0: That's interesting. We both have a Ferrari driver winning it. I have Signs taken first. I have uh, Perez taking second because I also think that uh, Max and Lewis, there might be some fireworks left over from last year. I think they're both going to end up out, but I think it'll be uh, Signs Perez, and then probably Leclerc cuz Ferrari yeah. again they've looked good through qualifying so i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if both of them are on the podium but yeah uh,
1: ferrari looks good mclaren looks good i think it's going to be a really good season this year so
0: me too all new regs all new cars it's going to be uh oh, it's going to be a blast i cannot wait
1: yeah. they changed the safety car rule too so at least <laughs> it's
0: uh... at least it's consistent <laughs>
1: yeah
0: yeah awesome man all right. Well, have a good night you do all right see ya All right, everyone, that's it for today. I hope you found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, review, subscribe, and recommend the podcast to a friend. I really appreciate all the feedback you've given me to this point and look forward to hearing from you again. As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook, at Jacket Plaid on Twitter, and at Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Instagram. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support, and especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each episode. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you all again soon.